FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 466 of the podcast to go snicked. Snicked! I'm your host, Jason, and it's time for our annual Snicked or Treat episode. That's right, celebrate Halloween for 2021, and we almost had some serendipity. We're only 200 episodes off exactly <laughs> from this having been episode 666, which of course is 666 for Halloween. Would have been fun, but we'll settle for 466, and um, yeah, that's what we're going to do. So we're going to talk about just a couple of new comics. Um, just get ready for the Halloween season. I hope everyone is having a good time, a fun time um, with friends, family, yourself, whatever, and just, you know, enjoying the time celebrating, eating some candy, putting on a couple of pounds, whatever <laughs> the case may be. But um, yeah, so it's uh, time for Snicker Treats. So we're going to jump right into it. It's probably not going to be a really long episode. I have a lot going on to get ready for the festivities. I'm kind of sneaking this in just between stuff and preparations and plans, but I wanted to get something out and talk about the latest issue of Wolverine and a couple other things, so that's what we'll do. So the first thing we're going to talk about is Wolverine number 17. Now this is Friends in High Places, not Friends in Low Places. But uh, also, <laughs> the other title is a Message in a Bottle. Message in a Bottle. So two, two song references there. Um, and I'm trying not to be too loud, so those probably both sounded terrible. But um, I probably sound like I'm doing a sexy, like, uh, Welcome to the Late Night Wolverine. It's a late night snick with Jason Vinable. We're here to talk about all this steamy underbelly of you, whatever. Um, anyway, <laughs> issue 17 is written by Benjamin Percy with uh, pencils by Lon Medina, inks by Cam Smith, colors by Hava Tartaglia, letters by VCs Corey Pettit, and designed by Tom Mueller. Now on the cover we have Adam Kubert and Frank Martin. And it's an interesting cover, so it's very dis... I don't really know what you call this design. It's kind of abstract, right? But but not really. That's probably not really the right word. Um, it's got like a wolverine head and fist. And then upside down is a maverick head and fist. And wolverine has his claws. Maverick has his gun. It's almost like a playing card type thing. But it's like twisted. So it's not perfectly straight. Like d- designed for a card. But it's like if a card was like bent up and crumpled up and twisted around and kind of, you know, psychedelic. But then it's also got um, a bunch of slash marks like Wolverine's claws and bullet holes in the design. Um, I hate to say that, you know, I hate to do a callback to like a 90s gimmick cover, but this probably would have been a pretty cool like uh, die cut cover. Like if you had like the cool like cover design and kind of the weird interesting design, but then you had like the actual slash marks and bullet holes be holes in the cover that actually maybe could have kind of worked as a as a, a 90s gimmick cover but um anyway as it is it's, it's not too bad it's not like the best cover but it's, it's pretty interesting so all right in this one 
we catch up with in Baltimore with our CIA agent, who's also been Logan's buddy in this volume, Agent Bannister. And um, we know that he and Logan hang out off panel. <laughs> Since he's last been in the book, you know, they have regular meetings. They just kind of drink beer and, and shoot the shit. And, you know, they kind of have an understanding that they can help each other with some information. They will do it because that is mutual respect. So, um, we find out, I don't know if we've seen her name before, but we find out, uh, the woman who is the head of the ex-desk, her name is Dolores Ramirez, and Bannister sees her in Baltimore and is like, um, she should not be here. What's going on? So he feels like something might be going on, and he finds out that she goes to the same Sylvan Diner every week. So he takes his daughter, um, and he finds, like, this like Krakoan bug and um, he's going to figure out what to do with it. Uh, we have a funny scene, uh, Krakoan karaoke, which has some of the, a lot of this, it's like almost an anagram. <laughs> but Blob uh, sings some Blob Ran. Mm, that's okay. And then Pyro sings We Didn't Start the Fire, which is pretty funny. Uh, and then Jean Grey and Storm sing Unbreak My Heart. Um, when Jean gets on to Logan for being a funny duddy, um, and he's hanging out with Domino and saying, that, you know, he feels, he feels like something's going on, right? Um, he's, he's got this, this tip, and on the sage is on the dark web, and there's some hostiles who want to take Krakoa out of the farmer game. And um, they have some chemical manufacturers, and they're basically going to try to poison Krakoa. And so they decide they're going to stop it, and they're going to go take care of it um and then um Havoc gets up and sings you lost that love and feeling oh no I'm sorry <laughs> not Havoc it looks like they, they draw he's blonde and he has the rings around his neck that look like Havoc's old suit with the white rings and it's Maverick and Logan's like what's he doing here and all the ladies are swooning as he sings that love and feeling he tosses the mic to Bishop and um and kind of Van tour with each other, but Wolverine's like, hey, I need your help. And think of it as helping the mutants. You know, your own kind. And we see that Bannister, uh, since his last mission that we saw, is taking a desk job and, you know, finds it quiet. He can be around for his daughter, but he finds a way to, like, filter out this program from this audio file and kind of hears about the attack on Krakoa and, um, yeah, so he's gonna he's gonna try to help out. So then Domino, Maverick, and Wolverine basically I guess jettison out so Maverick has this submarine, right? We knew that. And we saw that several issues ago or a few issues ago. And kind of his base of operations or one of them is like the submarine that just floats around the world. Um but Domino, Wolverine and Maverick all jettison out of the torpedo chute and they're all swimming along. And I'm I'm gonna you know, at first I was kind of like, that doesn't make any sense. But I have a, I have some headcanon. I'm going to assume that Wolverine doesn't immediately sink to the bottom <laughs> because of Domino's luck powers. Like, he just luckily gets an undertow or something that keeps him kind of swimming towards the boat. So we get on this boat, and it is. There's these chemicals with time bombs and these guys in skull masks that are dumping them over or wanting to dump them over. And, um... He says, the tank is armed, ah! And we see Wolverine cuts his arm off right on cue. It says, not for long. 
kind of funny, I guess. Um, anyway, they decide, um, you know, uh, Domino and Maverick will take care of the weapons, and Wolverine will take care of the people. And so they go to town, and they just kind of fight their way through the boat. And there's a cool scene where Domino like, shoots in the air, and the guy's like, all right, stick him up. But then the bullets all land on top, like shoot through the tops of the three guys' heads. Um, so you know, again, some some cool use of her luck powers. Um, you know, it's a Wolverine and Maverick continue to work their way. Maverick blows up with the bazooka. There's one that's about to get away, but Domino uses her Krakoan like tech arm that she's been running around with, and basically shoots a vine like grappling hook and takes the bomb off of the canister. And then we see uh, Bannister, 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 Bannister. Um, he goes back to his office and everyone's been killed. Basically, we're assuming for the information he overheard. Like someone knew about it, found out. So he and his daughter are now on the run. And he's asking Wolverine for some help. But then Maverick finds him. And I can't tell if we're supposed to read this as sinister. Like Maverick, you know, because Maverick is sometimes prone to playing both sides, right? And, you know, T-Max has some CIA connections, and he's been still doing some of that, and so... Can't really tell if, like, Wolverine sent him, like, to help, or if this is going to put him and Wolverine at odds, because he has sinister schemes in mind for Bannister. Not really sure. Definitely interested to see how that goes. So, so that part of the story, the Bannister part, was fun. Um, the mission was fine. I think the weak part of the book... and. I feel bad saying this because I feel like I've liked Lon Medina's art in the past, but this is just really, I don't know, okay. It's just kind of standard art. It's not bad. You know, kind of, <laughs> I hate to even bring this up because I always feel bad when I and talk about art in this way, but, you know, I kind of was bummed at, at Scott Eaton being one of the, rota the other rotational artists uh, with Adam Gilbert because it just, it just felt kind of, lackluster compared to Kubert's art, and I kind of feel the same way. Like, it's not bad. It's very, um, it gets the job done. It's not bad art. And there's even a couple of panels that look pretty good. But, um, overall, it just looks kind of, I don't know, just kind of st standard. I, you know, it's odd, because, like, there's the page where Wolverine's, like, cutting his way through stuff, and that looks pretty good. But, like, the shot of Domino shooting in the air is just so average? I don't know. It's weird. Like, it's a cool scene, but she just looks kind of like just, like, anyone could have drawn that. And that's, that's terrible. So I'm not going to talk about that much more, because I, I don't really don't like doing that. But, um, the story was pretty good. The art was okay. Um, I think the story is more for where it could go than what actually happened in this one. Um, I'm going to give Wolverine 17 4 out of 6 claws. Alright, so before we jump to catch up on the Infinity comics, uh, Wolverine as Laura appeared in Hellions number 16. So we're gonna, we haven't talked about that book in a while, but we're going to talk about it for just a minute here. And I realize I am slamming, whamming my way through this, really like 10, a little over 10 minutes in, <laughs> not on a second book. That's okay. That's okay. If we do 10 minutes a book, we'll come out with a solid 30 to 40 minutes, and that is fine. So, Hellion 16 is the morning after, or come hurt with us, written by Zeb Wells, art by Steven Segovia, colors by Brain Moreto, letters of production by VCs Ariana Mayer, uh, designed by Tom Mueller, and of course, uh, 
the cover is by Zagovia and Rainbow after Liefeld, and it's a it's a player homage on um, the New Mutants. Four. I meant to look this up and I forgot because I actually don't have this cover. I bought the Todd Nauk variant cover, which is all the hell. It's just kind of raising hell on the cover. It's really nice. It's a fun cover. Um, but the Segovia covers, it's pretty good too. There's nothing wrong with it. I just like the Nauk one. Or Nauk, however you say that. Um, the New Mutants, oh gosh, 81, 84, something. It's the one with Cable on the cover. It's one of those very. Not, I don't think it's his first appearance, but one of his early appearances. And um, it's got all the new current new mutants in that time. And like, like uh, in the sights of his gun, right? Um, let's see if I can find this real fast without causing too much delay here. So, hey, I was not right the first time. It's past 84. It's 87, and it's got, so it's got Cable standing there with his gun, and then um, Cannonball, Boom Boom, Richter, and Wolfsbane in the, in the sights on the cover. So, like, on the cover, you see the sights next to Cable. So, anyway, the, the Segovia cover has um, Great Crow, and then a bunch of the Hellions in the sights in the same kind of way. So, it's pretty cool. And I don't think this is Cable. It's, it's his first full appearance. Yeah, okay. So that's why I was thinking that it was earlier, because I was thinking, of, all right, anyway, nonetheless. All right, so in this book, we won't spend a whole lot of time, because Wolverine's really only in one panel. But what's been going on is the Sinister's schemes have come together, and the Hellions found out that he's been playing them, and they found out about the cloning factory he kind of stole out from under Arcade, and Havoc had none of it, and he went crazy and blew it up. And he has remorse because Canone's daughter. Um, and I read an interesting article. I've been saying Quanon pretty much most of my life, and um, a guy who's in Japanese learning. And Georgie, feel free to say if you think this is right or not. But um, said that basically, I think the article was like kind of the, obviously clickbait. He like you've been saying this wrong the whole time. And basically said that it's Canone or Canone. Um So anyway, she um, apparently since her had the only backup of her daughter, and so that's kind of the leverage he's been using to get her to do what he wants, even when she doesn't necessarily want to do it. And Havoc now has inadvertently destroyed that, and she is and she is in effect destroyed as well. Um, the Sinisters try to run away. Nanny's going to kill one, but then the X-Men show up, and it's like, everyone okay? That's when we have Wolverine. So we have the X-Men team, the current team. Cyclops, Rogue, Jean Grey, uh, Polaris, Wolverine, Sunfire, and Sink. And they're just kind of hanging out, making sure everything's okay. And we kind of have the after-fact, and all the Hellions are in the Healing Gardens, Scott and Emma are talking about it a little bit. Um, you know, Scott's kind of disturbed at what Alex did, but Emma says he's a hero. Um, kept a very dangerous genie from getting out of the bottle. Um, and, you know, kind of talking about what they're going to do about it. And she basically says that Sanders is a council member, and they got to keep this under the rug. Um, can't, you know, appearances to keep, etc. Um, 
then we can get some more kind of the interpersonal dimensions. Uh, there's a there's a scene where um, Psylocke and Canone um, kind of old yellers. It's not the right analogy. Cause, you know, he eventually gets put down. But uh, you know, she's like, "I said, leave, go, leave." Uh, and, and you see her not with tears, but with the very soul and good boy. Don't come back. And, you know, um, Wild Child runs off. Um, very sad with his tail between his legs. And, um, so you kind of the idea of, like, I'm doing this for you, not for me. I'm being mean so you can go live your life. Uh, that you see with pets and movies and stuff like that. Um, and then Cy Cyclops and Canone have kind of a tete a tete. She said she's going to go do something else that she thought she was kind of there to keep the Hellions in check, but apparently there was a secret weapon with Alex as well, and it's kind of almost like subliminal, like, time bomb that he was. So anyway, Havoc's very distraught. Emma's trying to comfort him and says she'll try to rediscuss having Madeline Pryor uh, resurrected. And, of course, we know some form of that is going to happen, whether it's her, whether it's through Emma or something else. We know by solicits that you know, she's returning. So, then uh, Greg Krill and Wild Child kind of continue to form their bond. Um, you know, and Zeb Wells, uh, which by the way, had an awesome uh, episode interview on House of X that everyone should go listen to. I don't remember exactly what episode number it was. It's several weeks ago. But um, a great episode that he was on. Anyway, I guess I didn't know, but found out on that episode that he used to write for Robot Chicken. And now there's this Robot Chicken-looking guy, uh, the scientist guy, he's bald with goggles, and... I guess he has something to do with Nanny, and he wants the uh, um, the right little baby robot, the AI robot that she got, and he has some way to like control her ship and destroy her and cracks her shell, and so that's interesting. But um, anyway, there's kind of a lot going on here. But the the main the main points are that Havoc gets distraught over having used his power to possibly destroy Canone's only linked to her daughter, and he feels bad about that. Uh, Emma promises to try to resurrect Madeline Pryor. The X-Men are like, well, maybe we should check on the Hellions too and not let them run wild so much. And then, you know, some other kind of subplots being wrapped up. Um, Art's pretty good. I like Segovia and his take on this book. And that story was compelling enough. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm not not loving this book like some are and, and good for y'all for those of you that are really liking this book and there's a, I know there's a lot of you and a lot of you are very vocally distraught over this book coming to an end which it does in a couple of issues I think um, you know for me the book's been okay and this is another this kind of issue that, that is fine um, I'm going to give Hellion 16 3 out of 6 claws um, it's almost in that 4 territory for me um, maybe if I was a little more into the overall Sinister plot, um, because this is kind of the payoff of that, might read a little bit higher, um, but I just, I don't know, I'm all for, like, Machiavellian Sinister Machinations, but, um, I don't know, it just hasn't quite sunk in for me, but I know a lot of people really like this book, so I, I, you know, I'm sad that you were sad <laughs> that it's ending. And hopefully we'll we'll see it go out with a bang. I'll definitely be paying more attention to the last couple issues. And this one was fine. I mean, it's, it's like a three plus. So, 
anyway, we're going to move on now to our Infinity Comics. So let me pull up Marvel Unlimited. I'm going to talk about three of them today. I'm going to talk about, not new this week, not continuing reading, but Infinity Comics, see all. Oh, by the way, Spine-Tingling Spine Spider-Man by Solomon Ahmed and Juan Ferreira. It's pretty good. Definitely worth checking out. Um, X-Men Unlimited. We're going to talk about issues 7 and 8. 9 is out, but Wolverine's not in it. I did read it. No, we won't really talk about it. We're going to talk about 7 and 8. So let me scroll back up to the top of this bad boy. So remember, this is kind of the evil adventures of Nature Girl. Um, she's on a crusade to murder her way on some... Uh, not economic, um, ecological revenge porn, revenge fantasy. Um, and she kind of, so there's like this riot, and there's like the protest for this pipeline, and it turns violent, and she comes in, and she makes it more violent. Her and her friend curse, and she has this German shepherd, and curse makes a guy fall and busts his head open, and so that makes things escalate very quickly. And of course, a nature girl calls a swarm of bees to attack the the workers, and she decides to head towards the pipeline. She also starts doing this thing where she can swivel her head and cut people with her antlers, and so she squits the guy's neck, and there's blood all over her. And then there's this one bee, I guess, that stung someone and died, <laughs> and it falls in her hand. She says, "I'm sorry, my friend. Every war has its." Innocent casualties, sacrifices must be made. And um, Curse takes the workers lunch and throws the dog a sandwich. And then, as far as the infinity part, really the only thing that applies to this co like format is that we see them walking down the pipeline. And as we scroll down, they get closer um, and bigger in the scene. And then we find out that she sent Wolverine on a wild goose chase. So she had like some wolves with her. She tore her jacket up and tied it around these wolves. And Wolverine finds them. He's like, oh man, you kidding me? <laughs> he's like, I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. And he takes the jacket and is like, damn. <laughs> to be continued. So of course these are written by Jerry Dugan with art by Emilio Liso, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, letters by V.C. Joe Sabino, production by Annie Cheng, for and Tim Smith 3. Um, Alright, so that's that one. That's 7. Now let's go to 8. It's going to be all the same people. But here we start off with Nature Girl having a bad dream. And in this dream, Wolverine has caught them and is throwing her and Curse to the Quiet Council where they will be thrown into the hole, almost Jabba the Hutt style, where like the... Uh, the council floor like opens up and they fall in and um so she has this terrible dream of wolverine turning her in and she wakes up and her hair is falling out and her skull is kind of black it honestly looks a whole lot like hella uh, from thor um has like this black skull cap or black shadow or paint or whatever over her bald head and over her eyes and her antlers are also black and um, so they decide, you know, hey, so let's, take, let's go kill some people. And we see Saron um, is doing some stuff. He eats a rabbit and he goes into his lab. is broken up. It's, oh, it's kind of cool. There's a, the entrance to his lab is a stalactite. I forget. 
if mites go up or down or tights go up or down. But anyway, he reaches up with his mouth and like grabs it and pulls it and it opens into his lab and his lab's been destroyed. We get a nice classic callback in the art lines. His eyes go like all uh, spirally, which we know is when he does when he hypnotizes people. At least used to, that used to be how they really showed him. Um, so it's kind of funny. He sees some oil and he decides he's going to go to the pipeline as well. So Curse and Nature Girl continue to, they get to the main like headquarters of the pipeline and continue to attack, but there is um, a superhero enforcer there, Black Mamba, who is hired by the pipeline um, to protect it, and they're going to fight. And so, I don't know, continue to think that this art is really good, like the art looks great. And as much as I like Jerry Dugan, I just, I'm not really into this story. I don't... This one's not as egregious as like maybe the first couple of chapters where it really felt like it took the legs out of maybe some issues. This one is more just kind of standard comic booky. Um, but yeah, I don't know, it's not really into it. Um, I'm going to give these... I'm still going to go two out of six, I think. And the art makes me want to bump it up more. The art, art is actually really quite good in a lot of ways, in a lot of places. But anyway, that's that one. Um, so the last thing we're going to talk about as we wrap up our short episode, and it has been pretty short, um, is going to be... Giant Size Little Marvels number 7. This will be the final chapter of... I see. The, I think they put the title on the front. Yeah, the Game Night Covenant Agenda Complex Directive, which is a great title. Uh, so this is by Scotty Young, art by Dax Gordine, doing his best Scotty Young impersonation. Uh, colors by Juan Francois Bolo, or Jean Francois Bolo. Sorry. Uh, letters by Nate Piekos, a blam bot. Uh, production by Annie Chang and Tim Smith, third three. So remember, um, Apocalypse pulled all the tiny X-Men into an Age of Apocalypse game night, and he's very, very happy about how his game is going, and he jumps down to the 616 table, which scores Wolverine, Sabretooth, Gambit, Rogue, and Magneto, and says, oh, isn't this Astonishing X-Men? Which, of course, is a nod to the Astonishing X-Men Age of Apocalypse title. Um... But now game night is all day, every day. And, and Wolverine says, APOC, Bubby. <laughs> That's funny. Um, we see some other... Uh, <laughs> we see another table with Dark Beast, Age of Apocalypse, Cyclops, and Longshot, maybe? And two people I don't remember. Um, and they've all got the really long Age of Apocalypse hair. And, and Wolverine's like, they've got more hair than all the 80s and 90s combined. <laughs> And Apocalypse says, you're just mad to only have one hand. He's like, of course I'm mad that I only have one hand. And they argue, and Apocalypse is like, you can't do anything. Yeah, but they find out about Sugar Man and the Dice Mines and Age of Apocalypse Colossus with his head bandanas. Like, oh, it's, you know, you go down there. And no one ever shows up, but Bishop and Cable are down there. So they had come up with a plan to go find Bishop and Cable because they're the time travelers. And it's under Apocalypse's throne. Um... And Wolverine and Gambit come up with a plan, and then 
Colossus is like, don't worry, we can get you past there because the entrance to the, the mines is under Apocalypse's throne. Also, I job with that. Actually, I think they say something about Oh, yeah. So Gambit says, oh, that's a full Java. That's a touch magnifique. Magnifique? Magnifique? I don't know how you say that in French. But um, I was thinking Magnificat. Anyway, um, that's where Wolverine bonks him on the head and says, let's not give props to the tyrant. Um, but they say they can ha- get him past there in a blink. And blink shows up. And they open a portal. They jump down. They're in the mines. Uh, Wild Child's going. He starts barking at Gambit. And Apocalypse hears him. And he pokes his head down there. And they, here we have the Infinity kind of format. where they jump down the tunnels. And we see them swim and go through fire. And all kinds of fun stuff as they get down to the light at the end of the tunnel. And there, they eventually find Sugar Man playing cards with Cable and Bishop. And, um, yeah, so then Bishop decides, okay, I know what you're going to ask me. He's like, I don't want you to do it. He's like, he goes, uh, I've been a time traveler. I've been to, like, all the times. I've had all the conversations. I've heard all the, can you go back to time before this blah blah thing that I messed up and please fix it for me that I can't remember, which is, I mean, Scotty Young just is right in this fantastically. Um, but Wolverine's like, that's a lot of words. I'm not sure I took it all in. And Bishop just stares at him and says, fine, whatever, let's go. And so then we see him and we go back to the first scene of the story where Bishop's running in. He's like, Oh, you haven't started the game. Thank goodness. We have to change the future. We have to start, stop the game before the age of, and then Apocalypse crashes through the door and says, hey guys, sorry I'm late. And um, Wolverine says, weird. Anyone else feel deja vu? And that's the end. <laughs> so they go back in time only for it to all happen all over again in an endless cycle. Um, the art on this is wonderful. The story is fun and cute. I didn't like it quite as much as the first two. But it's still pretty charming. Um, I'm still going to give it 5 out of 6 claws. Um, it's pretty fun. So, that is it. That's our uh, snick or treat episode. That's all we got going on. And I don't know what's going to be next. I'm really trying to schedule to get the Scalrose back on. Uh, just talk about Inferno number 2. Because that seems like a big bad boy that we really need to talk about really soon. So I'm trying to make that work. If not, the other thing I also have in the works is uh, getting Grant to come on and talk about Grant from, by the way, the Truth, Hope, no, Truth, Justice, and Hope <laughs> Superman podcast, which is amazing, and Sky Rose is also amazing, uh, but uh, Grant, anyway, I sidebarred myself with two really nice promos, go check both their shows out, but anyway, Sky Rose will be on soon to talk about Inferno and other new X-Men comics, and then Grant will also be on, hopefully soonish, to talk about, um, I think he really wants to talk about the uh, the Cable and Cyclops bachelor party, but we'll also talk about the X wedding in the 90s, uh, the Summer's Grey wedding, um, which is you know was a pretty big deal when it came out. So we'll definitely be talking about that soon. So so wedding bells or hell's bells, one or the other should be, if not next, then very very soon. So. Anyway, like I said, hope you guys are having a good Halloween, or probably, I mean, this is going to come out on Halloween. Most of you are probably not going to listen to it. You probably have other things going on, but hopefully, you know, the next couple of days afterwards, you give this a listen, and I hope you had a good Halloween. Um, Hope you had good festivities, and had lots of fun, and got lots of candy, and dressed up, or whatever you like to do. 
watch scary movies, right? Whatever, whatever, your, whatever your deal is, I hope you got to do it and do it well. Um, anyway, uh, for the podcasting ghost, Nick, you, of course, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at Snickcast. Show notes and stuff are at snickcast.podbean.com. And that's going to do it. So until next time, everyone, stay well, stay safe, and uh, hugs and snicks. All right. Bye-bye. Snicked or treat. And snacked.